welcome to a recording of a short Bible-based talk from Hope Church Worcester. If you're in the area and you'd like to visit us, we would love to see you. We meet in our building called the Granary, which is located in the centre of Worcester. The world hates you, that is, followers of Jesus. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. In other words, <laughs> you guys don't belong to the world anymore. Uh, as it is, you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. Now, I don't know kind of how you, how you see yourselves, because obviously we get on with everyday life, don't we? we there's uh, taps to fit, there's uh, drives to sweep, there's lawns to mow, there's kids to take to nursery, there's our activities, our, our social life. We just kind of get on with it. But uh, th what he's saying is, we're supposed to be, and we are, called out of the world. But obviously, we're still living on planet Earth, but we're called out of that system. And he's, he's basically saying, if the world hates you, it's because you don't belong anymore. I don't know if you ever have that feeling. I kind of have some days where I think, I really don't kind of feel like I fit in, in on this world. <laughs> Do you ever have days like that? You think, this is so crazy. I, don't, I, I think I belong somewhere else. You know, that, that moment isn't a moment of being disturbed. That's a moment of truth. <laughs> the truth is we're, we're citizens of heaven, the Bible says. We belong somewhere else. So, so in other words, the world can be hostile to believers. It's under enemy rule. Second verse, is, uh, couple of verses is John 17, over the page, verse 15. My prayer, this is Jesus's uh, long prayer, uh, his priestly prayer it's sometimes called, verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. In other words, do you ever have that feeling, beam me up? Beam me up, not beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up, beam me up, Lord. Get me out of here. I don't want it anymore. That's, that's the Bible. There's people in the Bible thought that. The psalmist said, I wish I had the wings of a dove. Over oh, the wings, for the wings of a dove. What he's really saying is, get me out of here. It's not a nice soprano. It's, it's I want out of it. Get, get me out of here. But Jesus says, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but you, that you'd protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I am not of it. So just as much as Jesus isn't of this world, we're not of this world, but we are sent into it. He goes on to say, uh, sanctify them, make them holy by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. Well, that's an interesting one. So you're as sent into the world as Jesus was. That's a thought, isn't it? <laughs> Do you ever, have you ever thought that? You're as sent into this world, even though it's hostile and can be difficult, you're as sent into this world as Jesus was. As you sent me into the world, says Jesus, I'm sending them into the world. In other words, we're on Jesus's mission. We've, we've joined him in his mission, but he's praying uh, for protection from the evil one. He says in, in verse 11, I'm going to remain in the world no longer, because he's going back to the Father. They're still in the world. Protect them by the power of your name. So there's a need for protection. So be aware the world can be hostile believers, but we're sent to that world. But also be alert, the last little verse, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 to 17. Do not love the world. It's a command. Don't love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For the love of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. 
the world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So there you've got a whole load of different things. The world can be hostile, but we're sent to the world. But there's a danger of being, if you like, seduced by the world. And we need kind of reminding that all that stuff is just fading. It's just passing away. This kind of thing is not something we think of very often, is it? In fact, I can't remember the last time I heard any preach. When I was a kid, I went to a very strict little chapel in Sussex. And they were always talking about the broad road of destruction and be careful about the world. And to be honest, it was a bit depressing. <laughs> but, but, but I can't, I'm racking my brains. I can't think of the last time I ever heard anyone kind of warning about the dangers of worldliness. And it just set me thinking, maybe we just need to be a bit more aware because the world actually is becoming more hostile to Christian faith more hostile to Christian standards. And Christianity, having been, you know, when this building was built, Christianity is right in the centre of, of society and, and it's kind of pushed to the margins, a bit more like the New Testament, actually, uh, pushed to the margins of the world. And even some people think, well, Christianity is a bit, a bit dangerous. It's a bit hostile to freedom and liberty and doing what you want to do. <laughs> and so that's the kind of... That's the kind of atmosphere that we live our Christian lives in. But we've got to ask, what, what does the world, word, world, it's difficult to say, what does the word world actually mean? Because, because it, it's got different meanings in the Bible. In different, you have to look at the context. For example, sometimes the Bible uses the world and it just means the universe. Romans 1 verse 20 says, uh, from the creation of the world, the things of God have been clearly seen. He's talking about the planets and the stars and the rings around Saturn and, 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 and the centre of a primrose and, and, and the beauty of a sunset. And he's saying, and you look at that beautiful world, it's like a signpost to God. It's stunning and it's incredibly positive, even though it's kind of in bondage to decay. It's still fantastic, isn't it? I love being out in creation. It does me good. Does your mental health good? Does your physical health good? The world in that sense, the created world, is fantastic then it could mean like humanity, people. John 3.16, God so loved the world. That's it's using the, you know, it means a different thing, doesn't it? It means all the mass of humanity, the people going shopping right now and the people we live and work amongst, the people we go to college or school with, God loved the world. So that's an incredibly positive thing. We, we love the people of the world, all of them in all their glorious mess and all their glorious variety of cultures and languages. We love the world because God loves the world. So there's the creation, but the, the sense in which we're using it, the world means the kind of systems and standards of a godless society. The systems of that world, the world that kind of rejects God, the way we do things when we live as if there's no God, that's a negative thing in the Bible. He says, don't, don't love that world that thinks as if there were no God. Don't love that world that's, that says, hey, go it alone. Self-fulfillment is all there is. Don't love that kind of world. Gary Breeshears, who's an American theologian and preacher, uh, he's, uh, he's quote put it better than me. So uh, the world is Satan's domain where his authority and values reign. Through his though his deception makes that hard to realise. If you are of the world, then everything seems all right. So that, that's why there's a conflict between 
in the sense of redeeming the way those who don't know Christ look at the world and the way we look at the world seems so, sometimes so totally different. It's like, like you belong to a, a different society. Well, you do. <laughs> that's, the, that's the reality of it. Uh, 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 Eugene Peterson puts it even more kind of poetically. He says, the world is like an atmosphere, a mood that's crept up on us, an airborne pollutant that we inhale every day. An anti-God impulse we circulate in our body's lungs, which results in a society that defies and tries to eliminate God's rule and presence in history. It's a good quote, quite poetic, but it's, it's a good quote. So, so that's why there's conflict. I didn't used to, before I became a Christian, I wasn't aware of conflict. I was just kind of living life, really, doing what I felt. Does that make sense? Some of us will have that experience. Right? And then you become a Christian, and after a while you, you think, oh, this is a hassle. <laughs> this, is, this is quite hard work. Life seems to be more hard work now I'm a Christian than it was before sometimes. That's because there's this, there's this conflict in our mind, in our spirit. There's a conflict with the values of a godless society and the values that he puts in us by his Holy Spirit and as we learn his word. So there's a kind of, we live in this realm of conflict and the whole purpose of this kind of little mini-series has been just to make us more aware of that. And because the result of that over kind of decades is what used to be, maybe my, by my grandfather and their generation, by our grandfathers, what used to be called sin is now called freedom. You kind of, you don't always clock it, but that's true. What used to be, is now seen as my rights or even justice, <laughs> freedom and justice. Sounds so good, but, but and the freedom and justice are good, aren't they? But, but. Do you see there's a kind of deception that goes on that it can lead us away from Christian values and, and behaviour that's kind of seen as acceptable is kind of like catching. That's why Eugene Peterson's quite clever. Worldliness is a little bit like a disease. So, so be, when I was a kid, being rude to someone, even if you're right, but being rude to someone was very wrong. Now, if, you, if you're on Facebook or, or social media, being rude to someone is kind of normal. Well, how did that happen? Well, it's something we, we're not always aware of that kind of drift everywhere. And that could be seen in um, the way we speak, the way we act, the way we use our money, the way we behave sexually, all sorts of areas. Kind of everybody's doing it or they did it. So I, I'll do it. They've got it. So I want it. That kind of, just, I hope this is coming across, but that kind of thinking. So that, but of course, widespread acceptance of an idea or behaviour doesn't, doesn't make it right in God's eyes. So we need to be led by his word and by his spirit. Debbie and I were talking on, on, on the way down about, I don't know quite how we got onto it, but we were saying it's quite right we're concerned about saving the environment, saving the polar ice pack caps and all of that. But nobody seems to be very concerned about the kind of melting away morality <laughs> lowering of standards. People don't have the same kind of concern for that. Or if they do, they're seen as a bit killjoy, a bit old-fashioned, a bit repressive. Oh, these Christians, a bit repressive. Take away your freedom. That's the environment that we're living in. You know, the old sailors used to use the stars and a... Was it a sextant? Where's I? Oh, he's like, not here. Isaac's not here. He's a, he's a sailor. But uh, he used to use a sextant to, to navigate across the seas. And, and as believers, we use the word of God applied by the Spirit of God to navigate through life. But a secular world doesn't get its bearings from God. The absolute in the world is yourself, your desires, 
but, but your desires are often just kind of fleshly desires and, and the devil tells lies to the world that are accepted and which really appeal to us, hence the conflict. Now there's nothing new in that. Of course, we're living in a time where in the West, not, not in the rest of the world, but in the West, Christianity is only growing by 0.1%. So it's a, it's a struggle. It feels like you're declining. In other parts of the world, it's growing 2%, 4%, but that's how it is in the West. But as you can see, there's nothing unusual about that. It's exactly what John was writing about 2,000 years ago. It's exactly the same conflict. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says this. I think it's a stunning verse for now. The wisdom of this world, God calls foolishness. I think that's a profound verse. The things that the world thinks, oh, that's so wise. God thinks is absolutely Foolishness. In other words, what our society often thinks is smart and clever just isn't. And, and so we, we live being, actually the world thinks pretty stupid. So we, we live in a world where some of what we think and believe and want to do, the world thinks is a bit stupid. And we just have to live with it. We, we do. We just have to, we struggle, but we just have to live with it. Now, I'm trying to get a point across this morning. Let me just say briefly, there's loads to rejoice in in the world. There's fantastic art and music and poetry. There's fantastic things to enjoy in this world. And people who don't love God still do some pretty good things. In fact, sometimes they do things that are kinder than us. So, so you know, don't hear what I'm not saying, but I'm just making us aware of the issue. You don't, why, do, why don't we hear much talk about worldliness? Well, maybe we've forgotten that we're called out once. <laughs> maybe we've been invaded. I don't know, but I just put it out there for our, for our thinking uh, this, this morning. See, see, if you think about it, we get the, we get the thinking of the world 24-7, don't we? On our, on, our, on our phones, on our internet news, on our social feed, on Google. It's kind of, it's just coming at us all, all the time because our post-Christian culture often reacts against Christian norms. And, and it's very easy for the world to shape our preferences and persuade us into drift so that we end up with a mix of Jesus and consumerism, Jesus and individualism, Jesus and secular ethics, whatever. That's, do you know, one of the main points of this is, that's, that's why actually we need church. And I, I don't mean coming here on a Sunday, although I do mean that's part of it, an important part of it. Ch church is, an alternative society. That's, that's when Jesus said, church actually means called out ones. We're called out of the world to be in Christ together. Do you know, I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm not strong enough to live the Christian life on my own. I, I, I wish I was, but I'm not. <laughs> It'll be arrogant to say I was. Can't, we can't live our Christian life on our own. Together, we're called to be almost a kind of counterculture with Jesus as Lord, our citizenship in heaven. So we help each other to live godly. We help each other with the lies of the enemy. And, and Sunday mornings is an important part of that because they anchor us again, recenter us on Christ, on his salvation, on his word, on the presence of the spirit. After what amounts to a secular bombardment a week, it's really good. And, and we have to get used to kind of serving, with, and this is a funny thing, but. Imagine the world is like a host culture <laughs> and we serve it from the margins. That, that's kind of where the church is at now. 
in the West. We're an alternative culture, serving the world, loving the world, but living a beautiful alternative life as a kind of as signposts of the kingdom of God. That makes sense? That's what we're called to do. That's why it's a real mistake to try hard to be cool and fit in. It's, 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 I'm too old to be cool and try and fit in anyway. But, but it is a real mistake to try and be cool and, and fit in or try and adjust the church to the world. It doesn't, doesn't work. It's like trying to mix oil and water, chalk and cheese. The Greek word for church is called out ones. What are we called to be? We're called to be a community in a world of isolation. Satan gets people on his own. Now, it's the lonely wildebeest that always gets caught first. I know that from David Attenborough. It's true. It is true. We're, we're a community in a world of isolation where you can be honest and vulnerable, where you can be welcomed, where you can be authentic. That doesn't matter if it's Sunday morning, student lunch, coffee after the service, small group, mums, mums sharing together, a shared meal, cafe on a Tuesday to Friday afternoon, but a, a community of hope in a world where there's so much isolation. We're called to be a community of holiness in a world of pleasure worship. Holy, it's not all kind of stained glass windows and uh, hula hoops around your head. It's not that kind of thing at all. It's, it's being set apart. We're called to be set apart, to be different. How we talk is kind of different. How, how we spend our money, how we, how we do Facebook is even different what we do participate in, what we don't participate in, how we date, how we cope with singleness, how we do marriage, all different. Romans 12 says, offer your whole bodies as living sacrifices, holy to God. So we're a community in isolation. We're a community of holiness in a world of pleasure. Uh, we're also a community on a mission in a world that desperately needs hope. So it's easy to feel a bit downbeat as a Christian in the West, but the truth is our secular West hasn't given anybody any meaning, hasn't given anybody any purpose in life. It's all hollow. You, you get the boat you've always wanted, you get the house you've always wanted, you get the hi-fi you've always wanted, you get the sex you've always wanted, and, oh, is that it? It's, it's meaningless. Anxiety in our society is off the charts. Anger's off the charts. The gap between rich and poor is off the charts. The secular world can't offer what Jesus can. That's the reality. The secular world has got nothing to offer compared to what Jesus has. The secular world actually wants the kingdom of God, but without the king. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. You can only get the kingdom of God and of hope when you have the king, king of your life. So we're a community on a mission in a world that desperately needs hope. So as we go about our world, this, our, our work this week, go about our normal, ordinary life, what, what are we going to do? We're going to raise our kids, same as everyone else. We're going to do our work. We're going to pay our taxes, I hope. But we do all of that living a different kind of life. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk. Further information about Hope Church can be found at www hope-church.org.uk Thank you for listening.